It's the Hedonistic Way podcast. It's a way of life. It tastes like freedom. It's the most divine microcosm. Mind blowing. Mind blowing. It's a revolution. Heart wide open. Liberated love. It's liberated love. Conscious conversations. Conscious conversations. The exhilarated expansion of self. Sacred sexuality. Whatever you like. All I, All I know is it, is it feels, feels amazing. amazing. It's the most decadent way. It's the most decadent way to live life. Intimate and intuitive conversations with epic humans who are disrupting the status quo and living a life with stereo untypical success. Hello and welcome to the Hedonistic Way at Midday Show. I am Renee Main. So the amazing person I'm going to bring in right now is Dane Thomas. Now he is a writer, he's a rapper, he's the creator of The Spiral. And I reached out to Dane because he's really got an air of mystery around him that you just kind of it's very alluring and enticing let's say that doing different things for a while some of the things you mentioned from like i used to rap all the time i spent a lot more time facilitating and teaching in the last you know five six seven years and i've also been going deep into the sort of tantric world and the shamanic world and um done a bit of stand-up comedy done a bit of this done a bit of that and what I've been feeling is I just wanted to bring through everything at once and not have to be in a container where, you know, oh, I've got to teach this outcome or if it's stand-up comedy, well, you have to make people laugh or if it's if you rap, then you have to rap, you know? And, and what I like is not having to do anything and just showing up and weaving together all, all the things. Um, so that's been something I was sort of dreaming about for a while and had a few ideas, but I didn't really... I had a few false starts and then something's happened this year where I've just been able to do it and um, I've done a couple of these things and they've been really electric and really fun and really unpredictable. And so that's the kind of most exciting thing in my life. At the moment. I think I'm, I'm very excited by where that's going to go. I'm doing another one of those at Return to Eden Festival in New Zealand next week at Eden. Um, and it's like, I just had this realisation last week, like, oh, none of these are going to ever be the same. Which for me, you know, I can get bored very easily by doing the same thing over and over again. So awesome. Thank you so much, guys, for being so patient. Yay, I'm so excited. You were talking about marketing and ditching the expectations because obviously creating that freedom in your expression, but needing people to rock up to a venue and share your amazing message. It does require some sort of work. But what I love about what you do, Dane, is that in doing that, you drop the model, you drop the formula and just trust yeah. what comes up in that moment. And that's coming through not just in your events, but also in your marketing yeah. as well. So I find that it will give everybody hope within their own business to be able to share in a way that is much more honest and yeah. open. How 
have you been? So tell us about now, I want to ask you about the spiral because a lot of people, when I shared that you're going to be the guest on today's show, they were saying, oh my goodness, I somebody invited me to his event on Thursday night because you were obviously in Melbourne last Thursday night and I've just heard about his work. He's popping up everywhere. And it was this mm. amazing ripple effect, which was really exciting to see. So tell us about the work that is in the spiral and what is it? Sure. So spiral uh, is basically a pathway for human evolution. So it's a, it's a map that I put together um, based on other behavioral maps. So things like the chakra system, Spiral Dynamics, which was a psychological development study, and the Scale of Consciousness, which is a model by Dr. David Hawkins. These these three um, maps really impacted me when I was I was doing a lot of healing and kinesiology and coaching and so on, and I was getting kind of profound effects, but I was also still feeling it was too slow, and um, I, I sort of started to overlay these maps of human behavior and, and maps of how we evolve. And when I started applying the coaching and kinesiology to those maps and doing things in sort of a systematic way, um, I started to see things unfolding a lot quicker. I'm drawing little spirals with my hand for anyone who can't see. <laughs> and really what it became about is, is a system for clearing emotional baggage and emotional blocks, but that follows a very specific uh, structure and order. And it's a structure and order that I perceive is, is aligned to the way that humans naturally want to unfold and so when someone goes through the process of the spiral essentially what is happening is they're shedding a lot of ancestral baggage and a lot of um, childhood behavioral conditioning and then the result of that is you know areas where they um, have talent or have skill really grow very quickly overnight so let's say you're really have really worked on your relationships in your life and you've got some awareness there but they're still they're still sort of capped by your own shame or fear or lack of self-love those areas can often just explode overnight uh, in the good way of explode you know they can really grow very quickly on the other hand areas where you've never have developed um you sort of get permission to go back and work on those so there's this sort of two two stage effect that happens one is some people produce really incredible effects in areas of their life. So for me, I went from making 50 grand a year to 50 grand a month very, very quickly when I first went through it. Um, and it wasn't, it looked like a kind of weird overnight thing, but the truth was I'd done a lot of work on understanding business and sales and marketing and stuff like, and creating, you know, healing tools, but I just never had had the self worth to really back myself and put it out there. Um, so once that self-worth part shifted, it was able to go really quickly. Um, but then on the other hand, for me, I had a real, I was really was disconnected from my body and my physical health. And that area didn't, I didn't suddenly become some kind of buff, fit, healthy dude, but I kind of got space to start looking at myself more honestly and being like, I'm not happy with my body. I don't eat very good. I feel weak. And then I started quite a slow journey of sort of building in strength and vitality and so on, which is probably about four or five years deep now. And it's, I feel now it's starting to come into its fruition. But if I had never gone through the process of clearing shame, guilt, fear, self-esteem, wound stories, um, I don't think I would have ever been able to undertake that journey. So 
basically in a nutshell, it helps people move areas of their life that are unconscious into full consciousness. And it, it really helps them raise their sort of vibration from survival to more of a thrive or creation way of dealing with life. Yeah. And as you said earlier, so you in the, in the spiral and in this amazing body of work, because I think it's really unique in that you do cross pollinate, um, such a variety of different, so, you know, so you were saying that, you know, your tantra work, your, um, what else was it like, you know, your shamanic work. So you really do in, in kinesiology. I think I read somewhere as well. Yeah. Is that right? So yeah. did you study in all of these separate kind of areas and then create this body of work? I'm curious as to how that. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, even as a kid, I grew up with quite an interest in the magical and the mystical and, and my mum particularly, support of that so i was into things like you know viking runes and rituals and stuff like that even as a kid and then um through her i got interested in reiki i was going to theosophical society when i was a kid which sort of teach like a sort of holistic consciousness spirituality worldview as a not as a kid as like a 19 year old and i, I guess i just dabbled in all these different things personal development came in big in my 20s sort of tony robbinsy stuff and kinesiology showed up around the same time. And so I was playing with a lot of these tools in tandem. Psychedelics had a big influence. I studied um, comparative religion at uni when I was 21 and Buddhism and kind of Jungian psychology were the, the pieces there that, that really struck me. And basically I spent 10-ish years trying to fix my own stuff. Yeah. You know, with, with all these big models and philosophies and if I meditate and if I do Reiki and if I clear my emotional blocks and if I do good self-talk and if I learn Qigong, then maybe <laughs> I'll like be able to get girls and make money and be happy, you know, like maybe I'll fix all my problems and be successful. And like, um, I think just gradually my approach became more and more scientific. Like part of me is quite, yeah, it's kind of, despite people thinking I'm, totally fucking woo woo there's a part of me that is very scientific in my approach to these things and so i will test and measure something say for a month or for three months do a practice every day in journal and notice what it does and so by about about 2009 i was doing sort of coaching training and all that sort of thing i'd worked in sales and really worked on my entrepreneurial stuff a bit and i started learning coaching and nlp and all that so then i started taking clients and I was frustrated with, yeah, I can kind of eye pattern this guy and get rid of his phobia or whatever sort of thing. But really this person has deep seated blocks and heavy stuff that isn't going to disappear from mucking around with their mind. It's in their body. And so I started mixing kinesiology and NLP together, did a diploma in kinesiology, blah, blah, blah. And I just started collecting the pieces and fusing them together in more of a systematic way. And by 2012, it was all starting to line up and, my life was starting to look like, you know, that movie, um, A Dangerous Mind, where it's um, yeah. Russell Thingo. He's trying to, like, crack the code. You know, I just had bits of fucking paper <laughs> everywhere. And, like, you know, I'd, I'd come back after a walk and go, like, am I losing my mind here? But I'd have, like, the chakras next to spiral dynamics, next to Chinese really? medicine, and I'd be drawing arrows between them and making spreadsheets and, like, um, trying to correlate all these things together. And 
Mm. Yeah, in 2012, I started taking people through the beginnings of the spiral, which was really me mixing different stuff together and going, okay, let's see if we can clear this person's shame out of their body and going after that and watching what happened to them in the weeks afterwards. And eventually Mm. it sort of unfolded. But yeah, I've kind of sought each... Any, any of the pieces that are in the spiral, I've gone down a fairly deep journey with them. Um, I think, you know, people sometimes try to mix and match stuff that they haven't really qualified in, you know, so when I was, yeah. and you can tell from a mile away, you know, it's like, okay, this guy's um, <laughs> building some chakra system and he only learned about it like a month ago, you know, and it's kind of like, yeah. it, and I, you know, I've talked risk, I've done a little bit of that, but it's, all, it's always yeah. led me to then go really deep with that thing and try to have an embodied understanding of it before I sort of tinker with it and experiment on myself first and and really build some information around, yeah, like psychedelics for me was years of journey and meditation was years and years and years and kinesiology was fucking thousands of sessions on myself and with close friends. And then then I felt it qualified me to like, oh, I understand this modality really well and you know for me getting in front of teachers doing my diploma and realizing like these guys had no clue what this tool could be what could be done with it because i just sat in the backyard with a friend smoking a joint for eight hours clearing it you know just putting experiments in the systems hour in hour out and just being like oh this is this is a system that you can talk to consciousness basically through the body and um so yeah, I did my did my hours in those things for sure. I love that. And something that I really love that and I'm loving all the comments that are coming through. So I would want to acknowledge that someone really loves your blue green energy today. And Broden is just saying, <laughs> We've been living all of our lives living in a gangster's paradise. And hello, beautiful Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> my mum is on the call, by the way. Hi, Pat. Oh, hi, Pat. Um, so what, what I did want to say something. Oh, that's in the spirituality world and personal development. I find that we go and do a workshop or we get this download or we read this thing. And as a coach or whoever it is, we regurgitate that information really quickly. And so I really honor what you just said there, Dane, is that you allow time for embodiment and integration and Mm. then you begin to teach it. Um, So I really want to just honor that in you because I Mm. think that that is really important in everything that we do moving forward because I think that's a lot of it is like the industry has become very... um, fickle and filled with hot air and spiritual materialism and bypassing you know I can just you know I say in one of my spoken word pieces you know you can create this amazing life and all you have to be all you have to do is be super fucking grateful you know and of course that's not Mm. true it's not accurate and I love that you actually honor the work um Mm, thanks what do I want to i I want to ask you about, you talk about, um, and I don't know whether you're consciously aware of it or not, so I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you Let's talk find out. About, <laughs> you talk about ships 
and you talk a lot about self-worth and being enough and all of these really common things that hold so many people back and um, it really stops us from being of service to the world, I think, in our true mm. capacity. Um, you talk about shifts, but what I haven't heard you say is heal. Mm. So I wonder for you, I want to ask, what is the difference between shifting something and healing something in your opinion? I mean, I am surrounded by healers. And so I, you know, I, I credit that paradigm a lot. And so I, whatever I'm going to say, I don't, I don't want to shit on that. No. Um, but for me, I'm not really that interested in healing because I feel that there is a, um, there's an implication of brokenness yes. in, in the word heal. And so it's like, um, you know, I, I tend to look at like, there's the, there's the transcendent reality, you know, the soul level and the, and the, whatever the universal level where everything is, it is what it is. And then there's the dualistic, the, the down here sort of level where we are, it's almost like we've downloaded really only a fraction of who we are. Um, but if we, if we're able to, um, shift our vibration into that, you know, in the, in the David Hawkins model, like 500 on his frequency scale is, is the level of love, right? It's the frequency of love. Um, or Joe Dispenza talking about plugging into the quantum field and coming into heart resonance. It's the same kind of thing. Or, you know, having a transcendental non-dual experience in the tantric way of looking at it. In that realm, um, nothing is broken. You know, there's nothing there's nothing broken. You are what you are. You are how you are. And it's, it's all perfect. And I think I'm more interested in um, sort of blending those two realities, bringing through this, this blueprint of, for want of a better word, perfection or completeness into the seemingly broken, fucked up every day, you know, the bit that goes, Oh, I'm not enough this. So I've got to become more of that. Like it is on a dualistic level is totally true. You know, if I don't know how to run a business, I need to learn how to run a business so I can get my result. Totally in the in the doing level, that's a, that's fact. But on the um, kind of being level, you're already it. You know, I'm already it. And it, this idea that I have a broken piece that I have to mend, it, it, in a way, is in itself reinforcing that piece, is reinforcing um, that there's something wrong and then I'm now in a dialogue between the part that is right and the part that is wrong and they're kind of pushing against each other and it's actually it's a low level of consciousness that I want to be playing in and, and I'm not I do and I still have this in me it's not like I don't I don't ever have like oh I fucking I've got this rash I wish it would go away you know it's like fuck piss off you know and then I'm in a polarity with the with the rash for example yeah. but when I can drop into full beingness and full integration then there's nothing to fix and there's definitely nothing to heal and then from there there's there's a much greater level of of a different kind of power like a loving power and a completeness and so that's where i'd rather operate from and so i guess that's why i'm not really talking about healing so much and even you know even with spiral like it's been interesting to try to market and sell it because i want to, people to reach it and find it and use it but it's 
I've moved from the early days of like, you've got a problem, this will fix your problem, which is very effective at a certain level, a way to sell something, yeah. to like, well, I don't want to have that message in my marketing. I don't want to be implying you're broken and I'm the only one with the cure because it's not true. Um, it's not fair. You know, it's how American pharmaceutical companies work. It's not the model I want to operate on. Like you've got something severely wrong with you, but if you had this, you know, it would yeah. go away. Um, when I fucking know for full well, this whole universe and this world is unfolding perfectly and your problems are the ones that you need to have to open through. So I guess that's, that sort of explains that language or not using that language so much. I love that. And I picked up on it because I absolutely agree because otherwise we're just like a dog chasing its tail. Yeah. You know, it, we're, we're going to be constantly healing. And for me, and that's not dishonoring all of the healers because they do amazing work. Um, it's not, it's just, it's, I think the difference between, yeah, like, you know, as my friend Ricky Jane would say, you know, there is no problem, you know, and, mm, mm. and we're exactly where, you know, we're, we're, we're meant to be. So, and I love that, um, that you're saying the exact same thing. I, um, I read a comment the other day and I got really triggered by it because it was just, you know, like a random Facebook post, you know, but I was like, oh, why does this bug me so much? And it was a friend of mine put a call out for a business coach, um, but requested that, you know, that they not be woo woo, um, which is fine, you know, like that doesn't even really worry me. But it, it it made me question because I believe that how we do one thing is how we do all things. So I'm really curious to thank you, Broden. Um, is that um, I'm really curious as to what has been your finding between the fusion and I guess the acceptance of the correlation between sex, service, spirit, and self? Um, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know sex, I hear service. that at least once every single show, Dave? <laughs> the, the, the correlation between sex, service, spirit, and self? Was that, was that, that the nutshell yes. of the question? Yes. Um, look, it's, it's funny, the, the bit you're naming around business, you know, I think yeah. there's, a, there's this whole thing with putting, we put everything in categories and again, it's sort of a split between like the jewel and the non-jewel or the, or the mind and the, the soul or whatever, where it's like, oh, this is business. That's, you don't bring sex into business. That's, that's wrong. Yeah. You know, this is sex that goes over there in the bedroom with this, um, very select list of sorts of people you should be able to have it with. And I think it's all bullshit. And um, I think really a lot of the work that, that I'm doing in myself or that I'm interested in is, is the dissolving of these artificial divisions, yes. you know? So like, and like, like the other one will be, you know, the sort of spirituality in business. So right now, my partner Mia is reading The Conscious Hustle, which is the book that I wrote about spirituality in business. 
And I'm really excited because that what maybe wasn't her bag a little while ago. And she's going down this path and go, and it's like the exciting part for me is this potential to realize that like business and service and spirituality are all can all be the same thing, you know? Yes. That business just means getting things done, basically, you know, and it just means I mean, literally, the word literally means activity, you know? If you, we break down what business is, it doesn't have to be yeah. grey-suited Harvard <laughs> MBAs. It's, it's, yeah, it just means doing stuff. And yeah. if we're on a spirit-aligned or soul-aligned kind of path, then at some point we start to realise that it's about service, you know? The whole thing mm-hmm. is about service. And if you know for me if someone's not making the money they want um and there is and they're somehow sort of spiritually aligned then usually the gateway to for them to find that place is to to go deeper into service you know to go deeper into service in a strategic way of like who can i help what do they need what could i give what how can i serve um and so there's an there, to me there's an alignment between all those things you know and the sex piece is interesting because it's such a taboo in our culture. Like we're so obsessed with it on the one hand, like we and I think it's because we're a little bit locked at this, this, this bottom chakra level of development. We haven't really fucking handled them yet. And so there's this fascination and addiction to sex and sex energy, but there's also a taboo and a fear of it. So it shouldn't be allowed to run in say the office or in let alone a church, you know, you shouldn't, if you have sex in a church, you're clearly a terrible person. And it's like, that's just, life force you know like sexual energy is just energy and it's just life force and it's the the life force that creates life and so to me if we're going to do anything in the world this this energy needs to be freed up and free to move around this kind of central column and so and if we want to serve a lot of that is about bringing that energy up to the heart you know it's about unlocking the full energy in the body and in the kind of animal body and being at a sublimate or connect that to the heart so yeah i've got all this energy i've got these things that i want i've got these desires and that's connecting to the part of me that knows we're all connected together and then i can whether i'm talking about sexually or whether i'm talking about in my business or whatever i'm talking about i can bring that survival needs and the needs for pleasure and avoiding pain and the need for being important all that stuff is real once that starts to reach the heart level it's like okay all those things are valuable and i want to live my human life in a way that serves others and loves others and and creates more love and i think that's that's sort of how i'm thinking is almost like how do i just integrate all these different levels um and so because that's going on there's not a great division between these different categories of like, you know, like sex, sex energy for me is, is it is can is used in service in the fact that I'm using it to open my own body, to open my own um, inspiration and to um, activate the people around me, which doesn't mean I'm having sex with them all, but there's a free flow of that energy moving. Um, so that's kind of how I look at it. I don't know if that's clear or not, what, that, what the hell I just said, but yeah. Yeah, no, it is. And I love that. <laughs> Something that you said just then is because I've spoke, because uh, this is one of my favorite topics on the planet, probably my, my, my most favorite. Um, and a lot of people, I'll say in the Tantra world, um, 
but also, yeah, a lot of, let's say, maybe pleasure-driven people, um, you know, they've spoken about, um, um, what do I want to say? There's, you know, spoken about how they've experimented with a period of time where they have, they've tried to contain their mm. sexual energy and penetrate that into their work. Yeah. And now I asked every single one of them, every time it comes up in conversation, because I'm really curious to know that I'm of the belief and hope that we don't have to contain one portion of our lives in order to gain in another area. So mm. my question for you, Dane, is how can we then, I guess, cultivate an abundance of sexual energy and still enjoy intimacy with our lovers at that time? Does that make sense? In one area, but then still be right. able to use sexual energy in another area. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's, you know, I just taught at um, Tantra is Love yesterday in Melbourne. So it's kind of, which we did in, in the sexuality workshop, we talk a lot about um, that stuff. And really to me, it's not so much about what you're doing. So like how much sex you're having, for example, it's more yeah. about the, the, the intention behind it. And so as someone's journey with sexual energy matures, it is gonna shift from just the pure fulfilling of base desires. Like I need to fuck, so I'm just gonna fuck whoever because mm. I need to fuck someone um, yeah. versus connection versus self-worth versus, oh, we're coming into oneness and, and more love, that sort of thing. Yes. And so this, this process of what's called sublimation is really channeling of the energy up into the higher centers, which is, mm. is very much an ascension path. You know, it's very much a, okay. a path that is saying a little bit, the higher is better than the lower, which is not necessarily yeah. true, but it is a truth. And yeah. for me, it, one piece around this, so for, for men particularly, is that um, it, there is definitely a useful stage in learning to not ejaculate. So yeah. the, the literal physical mastery of sexual energy. So it's not about how much sex you're having. It's about yeah. w when, what do you then do with that energy? So yes. if we want more of that energy, then being in what the kind of Ista tribe would call the ecstatic current, you know, having pleasure running through the body often is, is a good thing because it's waking up the body and it's energizing the body. If you're just circulating that around and around in the lower centers, then you have a lot of sex energy. You're just going to want a lot of sex and a lot of touch, which is fine. But if you want to have that and be on purpose and be able to do stuff in the world, being able to connect that energy to a vision, to a purpose is really, I think, important. And so the best of both worlds is about having the body be activated, having the erotic current, the ecstatic current running, but also having a, a purpose, you know, having a, so there's, you know, there's two, the, the common split is like consciousness people who are big on purpose and vision, but they're not really connected to their lower centers and they think sex energy should just be used up here. Yes. embodiment people who are in the pleasure and in the flow and it's just all cuddles mm. and sex and love making and sort of sloshing around and it's really pleasurable and beautiful but nothing mm. really fucking gets done and yes. then 
a much smaller handful of people who are able to run that energy and play in it, but they have a, a purpose in life. They have a connection to why their soul is here and they're, they're doing something with all this life force rather than just yeah. getting off, I guess. And I, so for me, yeah. really what's happening over time is my intent is refining. And so, mm. um, yeah, that's, that's really where it's at. And Broder just said something literally almost straight out of my head. Creative can be sex or be writing a book or dance. That Absolutely. energy can run in a lot of different ways too. So it's, I think it's about finding how Eros can run that doesn't necessarily yes. not being so, so so like, oh, that means I have to be having sex with someone when it could yes. be like dance and play and touch and creativity flowing. And I have noticed, you know, when I'm writing a bunch of books or whatever, my sex drive will often get a little bit lower because it's like, yeah. oh, that's, that's going somewhere. It's not, I'm not mm. dogmatically putting a rule on it. It's just like yes. there is X amount of life force I mean, there's, there's yes. infinite ultimately, but in this body yeah. at a given time, there's an amount. Yeah. And yeah. so where do I want it to go? I guess is the, is the question mm. that's, that's getting asked. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. I love, I love that. And, um, and I absolutely agree that it's, I think again, it really comes down to dissolving the, labels you know yeah. I think that yeah. you know we've spoken a lot about in this and our perception around what that looks like as well um I'm curious to know I want to ask actually um before, just while I remember I want to ask everybody watching now is that earlier Dane and I were talking about um you know being of service and the difference between shifting and healing and, you know, breaking the moulds of how we traditionally sell something from a pain mm. or push threshold. I'm really curious to everybody watching, what would entice you to buy something without, without someone like Dane pushing or selling in the traditional form. So what language would he use? What words would he use? What would entice you to deepen the work with him more? Um, if you can just, yeah, have a think about that. Because I'm really curious because this is something that I think that everyone in our industry can do more of and that's I was writing something last week about um you know we never actually have to be sold to no you know I and, really believe that we know yeah and you, can... you know I got a lot on that and I think mm. like what what I see with coaching healing spiritual business is like a lot of people aren't that fucking good at what they're doing, you know? Yeah. And, and they aren't that certain and they're not, you know, they're not really um, coming with something groundbreaking or that is, their, that is their pure love. And I think beyond the words we use, which, which are useful and used to be my primary focus, you know, it's just improving copy and spending hours on that. It's, I now more just think in terms of resonance and yeah, 
you know, if, if my resonance is that I'm holding the medicine that you are after or the experiences that are going to grow you, that you, you are feeling called to, I can almost hide it. You know, I've got the wealth spiral that I'm about to launch. You know, it's like a boutique experience in Bali. I haven't even finished getting, I keep meaning to get the document finished and I haven't, I just can't get it finished because I've been doing all this stuff and people are messaging me going, can I pay today? And I'm like, fuck, I haven't even set yeah. the, you know, all the things up properly yet. But what I know is that the people who want that thing, they already know. Mm. They're not even asking me for price. They're just like, how many spots are left? I, I want to get in. It's, it's for me. I've been waiting for this. And it's like, I haven't been doing some huge hype or some buildup. I've probably mentioned it twice. And it's like, they're just coming, you know? And I, that tells me this thing is, is mature and it's ready and it's got something for those people. And there's not a, there's not a lot of selling and needing to get done, you know? And, and I, and I fully have empathy with, with you. the beginning of your journey. It's not going to look like this. So I've, I want to just put a caveat. I never want to discourage anyone. I really back people to be conscious entrepreneurs. This is not a, don't do your thing like you've got to do your thing and and take risks and learn how to sell stuff but it's like pay attention to what's going on inside you as you go down this journey and and ask like is this really the thing is this really my offering or is this a convenient thing that, that i have strategically gone you know fucking womb work seems to be in fashion now i'm going to become a womb chick you know it's like fuck yeah. the, the people that are that they're already that it's already if you're seeing like a trend coming in, unless there's a, there's a real calling and this might be, you know, if, you, if it's your calling, you're going to know, go fuck that is, I'm that, you know, I, I want to offer my version of that. That's fine. But what I see is people just jump on bandwagons, you know, like all the life coaches that realized life coaching was a shitty gig and we saw the business coaches were making more money. So we're all going to become a business coach now, you know, it's like, well, some people, who became business coaches had a gift for that and had a track record in business or understood sales or finance or something that can really bring. And a lot of others just were like, yeah, I'm a business coach now. And I watched them just sit at this flat line of like, well, yes. nobody wants to buy business coaching off you because you don't have the resonance of someone who's like going to help me grow my business. Whereas this guy has been in marketing for 10 years and then he became a life coach and then he merged the two and he's a fucking great business coach. He's just what I needed to learn how to do that thing. And yeah. I think people just get a bit too in their head and are mm. just trying to work out what's a smart thing to do that, that is, and they're trying to follow the market. And like, yeah. you can't really see the market. You don't really know, you know, you're looking at your little Facebook window or your little, you go to events yeah. and you, you hear what you think people want, yeah. but there's billions of people in the fucking world. And mm. it, there's something deeper in you that can be shared with the world. And if it's really your path, you're not going to have to stress about monetizing it so hardcore because you're going to have um, juice for it. And you're going to, you're going to shine when you talk about it and people are going to come to you and you don't have to spend as much time on the, you know, stuff that I've taught a lot of like, who's my avatar? What are their needs? How do I message to their needs? Like, it's good to understand these fundamentals. They're almost like, yeah. the footwork of a dance but if yeah. you just fucking want to dance fuck all the footwork just just be you you know and i think that's more powerful yeah i absolutely i agree um i'm curious then what would you say because you're so right is that you know people are following the market 
and um, and that changes, you know, it changes a lot. So we have seen this, you know, this huge wave of, you know, of the goddess and the womb whisperers and the this and this. And, you know, we're kind of 10 years ago, you know, when I first started, it was really kind of Tony Robbins and, you know, all, yeah. all those kind of people. So it really is a wave. I want to know what would your advice be, Dane, to the people who do feel like they're, they're swaying and they're wavering in their marketplace. And so that kind of, it feels like, you know, so they're questioning, they're not certain in their, in their soul path, in the service, in how they're showing up. What would your advice be to them? Oof, I think it's, it's really that you've got to earn a living. So like, don't let anything I'm going to say discourage you from doing your basics, Yeah. but, the, if if you don't know what it is you want to offer, I mean, there's a there's a, there's, a, there's the internal and external side to, to the work, you know. And the internal side is there's more inquiry required. Go and do fucking vipassana. Go and drink ayahuasca. Go and do ista. Go and do something that is going to force you to to go deeper into yourself. Um, because if it's so wavery and wobbly, the problem isn't that you don't know your business. The problem is you don't know yourself. And so it's like, there's a lot of people who don't fucking know themselves and then they're trying to sell themselves. And it's like, well, what are you about? Um, so that's one side. And then the other side, which is going to sound a bit like a contradiction is you have to start somewhere and you have to um, start putting something out there. And so you might as well just start doing that, but don't be that attached that let's say, let's say you've decided because you've seen this thing coming in and you feel a resonance with it, that you're going to be a womb chick. You know, it's funny we're talking about this because you know, some of my friends are the people who've really fucking pioneered this stuff and who were, were doing this 10 years ago when the Tony Robbins thing was huge. Yeah. They're doing womb and menstruation when no one gave a fuck or knew about that. Yeah. And, I've, and I've watched the layers of, okay, then the person they mentored who was becoming, who was really potent and then the person they're mentoring and then the people that they're mentoring are the ones that are like really visible on social media. And it's like, oh, it's the fourth iteration of those teachings that is the people who are like, I'm a womb witch or whatever, you know? And it's like, okay, it's, it's nothing wrong. But it, when you're watching the whole thing, it's like, oh, we're, we're getting the, um, the diluted, not mature form of that offered yeah. to us. If that's you, you know, do your journey, share your stuff and just notice one thing I notice is like when, when, it, when I have tried something and it just doesn't pull anything, um, I can only judge a couple of things. One, either it's just not that good, may or maybe not true, or two, it's not the right time, yeah. or three, it's not really what I want to do, you know, and I've seen that a lot of times. I've got a fucking great idea. I know it will sell. I know people need it. I know I can do it well. I roll it out, and then I can feel my lack of juice for it is... is um. Uh, like starving the project. Like people were super hot for it and then I roll it out and then the interest dies off and it's like, and then I go inside, I'm like, dude, you don't want to do this. You're not committed to this for the next one, two, five years. And it's like, ah. Oh. And so, you know, I, I'm quite quick to, if I roll it, have a project, if it's not aligned, I'll just cancel it. And some people have fed back that they think that is a lack of integrity. But for me, it's, it's a commitment to integrity. Like, this isn't the fucking truth. 
And as long as people's financial investments and commitments are on it, you know, like it's not just some fucking pyramid scheme who closes up their shop overnight and fucks off. Like I'm still here. I'm still accountable. I'm still in dialogue with people. We refund their deposits or whatever, you know, Um, I'm not advocating that just did that. Oh, I wasn't feeling it. But, but if it's not aligned, then I don't do it to the best of my ability. And, and it's, I've gotten better. I'm still, I'm still refining that, you know, there's still things run in and it's not an every minute a joy, but it's an important purpose. So it's, so it's there. And I think if someone is new, do your experiments, offer your things, see what it feels like inside you when you do those things. And is that your fucking offering? Is it really, or is it just the thing that you knew what to do? And the beauty is if you do a thing that isn't ultimately your thing, it, it refines you to towards what your thing is. So it's not, you can't really yeah, fail. That's right. But I see some people get stuck in the idea of I'm a, I'm, so say I'm a business coach. Why are you a business coach? Well, because I realized it was better to be a business coach than a life coach because it's easier to make money. And <laughs> here I am business coaching, but my business coaching business is a bit shit too. And it's like, find something else, you know? Yeah. And there's one more piece which is really going to seem counterintuitive for an entrepreneurial person, which is like, there's nothing wrong with having a job, you know, like it, in, there's a quite a lot of cases where I see someone is desperately trying to be entrepreneurial and I've been this in, and it's actually the smartest thing you could do will be get a job that covers your baseline expenses. That is a little bit aligned to who you are and it teaches you something useful or just, or just something you can just do without too much of your energy. And then from that place of the survival needs are met, then you can be creative and take risks with your offerings. And then you're not desperate for them to feed you and pay your rent. So you have a much better liberty to experiment, you know, versus like, fuck, this has to work. And you can feel that desperation in the, in the offering, you know? So I think there's become this shift where it used to be crazy rebellious to become an entrepreneur and there's this big taboo and now we're in a world where it's like almost in some subcultures, you're supposed to be an entrepreneur and that's better. And actually there's people who are much more suited to working in someone else's business that are trying to force themselves to be entrepreneurial. And it's like, maybe that's not your truth, you know? I agree. I agree. I absolutely agree. And that's, and you know, and not everyone should be in business and, um, you know, and I think that there is an absolute element of, of truth to that. And um, I absolutely agree that, um, and I think um, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about it in Big Magic, um, mm. you know, that there's nothing wrong so with good. working. Yeah. And um, yeah, 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 absolutely resonate with that. And I love what you say. So I just want to just, I guess, recap on that because it was, it's such a fundamental piece is that you can continue to do the work, but as soon as it feels out of integrity to you, like recognize your body's response. And, um, you know, I, you know, in years ago in my keynotes, I used to say, Dane, that, um, you know, in 10, 12 years ago, um, when I first launched Bra Queen, I was getting 5,000 hits a day and, you know, talking on these massive stages, but I always felt like a fraud. And, Mm. you know, there was something in me that just didn't feel aligned or qualified, 
you know, yeah. and to be the expert or to be the guru. And then it wasn't until many years later that I realized that I don't believe in gurus and I don't mm. believe in experts because I believe that everybody you know, is, is their own guru. And as soon as we dismantle the hierarchy, something beautiful happens and recognize and respecting that everyone's got something to bring to the table. So that is, I want to ask you then, then Dane is, and I'm mindful of probably the time and we need to wrap up too. Um, Oh, thank you. So we've had so many amazing comments during this thread. So I really want to, um, honor everyone who has tuned in um, along the way. I do want to ask you about dismantling the hierarchy and, you know, really, I guess, being an advocate to being your own person in terms Mm. of you and being an author and a rapper and the dark wizard that you are (laughs) and the creator of the spiral but yet something that I think is, I'll say sexy, um, about you is, is your that. humility. Yes. Is your humility. So I want to ask you about your journey with, I, I feel like we've probably spoken, you know, you've, you know, you spoke about the guru and in your earlier years um, and how you pumped yourself up. Um, so I want to ask you about your feeling and your journey with that within you now. So still, what am I trying to say? Leading the way in the most and being the creator Mm. that and the best that you can be without becoming the expert or the guru. Mm. Look, it's, yeah, it totally makes sense. It's really fucking tricky. Mm. Um, because... You know, I think like expert, I'm fine with. You know, like, there are yeah. things that I'm an I'm an expert on, and I'm I'm happy to own that. You know, like so things like clearing and that stuff. It's like I know yeah. probably more than anyone else about that thing. So it's like mm. I'm happy to own the the skill level or the awareness that I have in that area. That's 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 true. You know, I've just put in fuckloads more hours and 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 experimented and, and have probably a knack for those kinds of things. So I'm, I am an expert at that thing. And you have to be that if you're going to sit there and teach other people and stuff, that's fine. Yeah. But the guru piece I have had a real problem with, mm. um, because, um, uh, when I initially started, you know, I had some people around me that really fed my ego in that area and I was completely complicit and I was like, yeah, I am fucking I'm the Messiah. You know, this is amazing. If you haven't done my shit, you, you don't know anything. Even if you're 20 years deep into your thing, what do you fucking know? You know, and it's like this 33 year old dude who's just really pumped up on um, this, this ego trip really. And it, and it cost me later on, you know, it fucking kicked my ass later on. And um, basically, you know, I, it's interesting because I am interested and fairly deeply invested in study of various streams of Buddhism and Kashmiri Shaivism and just a few different threads of that where, where the guru is a functional piece of those traditions. Yeah. Um, 
you know, where someone who you can surrender to yes. and fully receive their transmission is, is a real part of those traditions. And so mm-hmm. on a heart level, part of me still thinks there can be such a thing as a functional guru relationship, but yeah. I don't think the Western mind does it very well at all. Mm. Um, I think we, and I also don't think it's really for this era that we're in. I think we're moving into an era where um, pedestaling of other people is getting revealed and is falling down, you know, even the kind of Me Too stuff and the, um, I think, you know, and even fucking Trump. But I feel we're coming into an era where, like, there's an epic distrust of authority figures and leaders. I don't know. I, I My personal sense could be incorrect is that it's more than ever before. You know, we, we really are starting to distrust um, authority figures. And my read of that is it's because it's time to integrate some of our own authority. But it's also just time to stop outsourcing um sovereignty to other people Mm. you know and like it's it's um and 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 it's really interesting like i i've i've been suspicious of it since i was young in spiritual um circles of like this guy isn't more spiritual than me he's might have done 40 years of meditation so he's produced some really interesting results which is great i would love to learn that Mm. but the the essence that's coming out of this person is not more spiritual than the essence that comes out of me or the fucking postman really at its purest level the the level of realization um might be different but but also realizing like that we can't we can't see everything you know we can't see you know we've got these spiritual teachers fucking molesting their students and shit like that And, and it's just like to me is obvious why that would happen. Like it's because someone has spent, let's say 40 years meditating. So on a, on a, the skill of cultivating altered states, this person is very, very masterful. That's a lot of time they didn't spend developing their social, emotional, um, sexual fulfillment skills. So actually that person is prime to be dysfunctional in that area. And we've built say an ashram or a commune around that fucking person. So they're in a prime position to abuse that power. I would go so far to say it's not even their fault. I mean, it is, they have still responsibility yeah. for their actions. Yeah. But as a culture, we're creating situations that put someone at the center, give them all the power and the perks. And just because they're wearing a silly outfit, we're going to believe everything they say. Yeah. And I've never really bought that. You know, I never really, and I think this kind of comes from my dad. He's very, can be very cynical, but also very grounded where it's like, you know, you could see the Pope and it's like, well, that's just a block in a funny hat, you know? So that's just like, (laughs) it just cuts straight through. It's like, whoa, okay. I grew up hearing that sort of comment. It's like, that is just a man in a dress with a funny hat and everyone is kissing his ass. That's interesting. So to find myself sometimes in a little bit of a guru position as much as it gave my my immature parts kind of a boner of like, yeah, I'm important. Yes, I'm finally important. <laughs> you know? Fuck yeah, you know? Um, and I got to ride or abuse that a little bit and feel really special. Um, very quickly, I was like, this isn't a good... This it, There's fucking instantly there's problems. You know, when you have a power differential that is unnecessary, there's instantly problems you don't need of someone projecting on you or talking to you like... 
you have all the answers. And I started, to, I started to clock on like, this is actually bad. Like if someone is talking to me, like I am um, some sort of God being we're we're both in the shit. This is going to, this yeah. is going to come back on me as well. You know, like I'm just a dude and I have some high awareness in some areas that I've cultivated, but I'm not that special, you know? Um, and it's, and I think, and part of me, yeah, and, and realizing the parts of me that would like you to think that I'm really special are really young parts. They're really like my childhood parts. I'm like, yes. yeah, I'm so, oh, I got magic powers, you know, like, and so basically I think what's been missing from spiritual practice particularly is, is, a, is sort of psychological shadow work, you know, dealing with the inner child, dealing with that stuff. And I think the more we deal with that, the more attuned we are to this, to this desire to be on some pedestal and the more we start to realize that's actually not a really healthy type of relationship to have with people. Um, and, you know, I, like I see all this cult exposing stuff going on at the moment. And, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with B Schofield's writing on like sexual predators and gurus getting exposed and, I have just a sadness for everyone involved, including the so-called gurus. Cause I'm just like, this person probably has dedicated fucking 30, 40 years of their life to certain mastery of certain things. And they've gotten away with, um, building an unstable identity. Basically they've, they've built a character that's got sort of superpowers in one area and is retarded in another area. And no one's really, they haven't grown up. Like who's, who's, who's teaching these gurus who's mentoring, a self-made spiritual leader and, and where's the feedback system that says, Hey, you, you need to work on your emotional intuition more. You need to fucking um, have people in your circle that hold you accountable. You need to, you know, unless they're trained in like psychology or something, they're not, it's, it's all, and it's people could take this out of context. So I'm not going to say it's, it's, it's definitely someone's responsibility if they hurt someone else, but on the scale of the imbalances that have been created, it's yeah. not necessarily that individual's fault. I think it's a lot about this yeah. shifting from one era to another where we're moving into a world that doesn't want gurus. And so I, despite my beard and funny hat, I'm not looking to be a guru. <laughs> yeah, no, that's mm. right. And that's and zooming out, as you say, and then you can really start to understand, you know, how and why it's all unfolded the way it was. And it really goes back to what we were saying earlier, Dane, is that the more we dismantle the labels and also as well, the more we actually fuse together and cross-pollinate the sex, service, self and spirit and realise that they are all one, yeah. just, you know, as we are, then I think that it really will do amazing things. In it'll, it'll create new paradigms for all of us where these things won't happen. Yeah, yeah. Which is really important. And that leads me to my next question um, before I ask you about um, the spiral some more is with, and I think that's what really attracted me to you the most was because, you know, I really got over the, the bullshit of, you know, pretending that the higher vibration you are is that you can avoid life. Mm, mm, you know, mm, mm. 
Nice, and, yeah. And, um, and that's something that um, I don't know where I've seen it in um, what you put out there was that, you know, you also embrace the dark and the light. So I wanted mm. to ask you with what your experience with the dark and the light was and why that is so important in your work and your service. Awesome. That's, your questions have been amazing, by the way. Um, this really beautiful and important question for me. And I, you know, I, I've been drawn to spiritualities and, and models and frameworks that embrace all sides, almost the whole, even when I was 19, you know, and I'd be reading, um, yeah, sort of a more tantric take on Buddhism, Taoism, the work of Carl Jung. I really got deep into John Martini's work for a long time. I, I'm less, I'm less reading and consuming him now, but I think it's just because I did for so long that I've kind of taken so much of it on. I try to get in his, in his sort of energy once in a while because I think he's amazing still. But just his ideas were all about fusing all the aspects, you know, this kind of quantum yes. model of taking the polarities and bringing them together. And it's also why I've been drawn to Istar, uh, particularly Janine Marie as well as a, as a teacher and a friend has been really beautiful in her stuff around descent work. And so this, the way I look at it currently is that um, there's an ascension path, you know, increasing in consciousness and there's a dissension path, which is increasing in embodiment and, and in, in anchoring in the here and now. And, and both of those are important, you know, and a lot of the traditions, the spiritual traditions that have become dominant are more ascension paths. But then if we look at like kind of wicker and witchcraft and shamanism and stuff, they're more of a descent journey. You know, you go into the deep realms of the body yeah. and of the underworld and stuff. Yes. And, you know, really, and also Bruce Lyon's work on this is really, really powerful. Is really just in, so all these people that I've resonated with, teachings and people, has been a fusion of the light, the dark, the masculine, the feminine. You know, all the polarities are. Yes. They have to be welcome because they exist. You know, and yeah. so this philosophy that's that's really big in the spiral and the clearing world, and you know, the book Clear Your Shit goes into this fairly not deeply, but a little bit in the spiral practitioner training. We really put this across is that. You know, mastery for us isn't about just being like high vibe and staying there, which is more like the NLP world when I was in that. So I had to get in a good state and how to maintain that state. And I'm so positive and I'm fucking up here. And it's like, it's not sustainable, you know. It seems cool for a while, but it's not really sustainable. And that the more mature traditions... Um, recognize that we cycle through all the stages you know if chinese medicine has been a big influence or, or 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 more like Taoist philosophy has been a big influence where the seasons all happen you know spring summer autumn winter yes. um at some point all the plants are going to die it's going to get dark it's going to go cold the western society would have us try to skip that stage but yes. the, the more mature cycle is that we go deep into that ryan nasser is putting love hearts because he's a qigong master um, the Taoist guy and really yeah really that for me Tantra or the psychological work we're doing is to embrace all of it that's, yeah. that's, that's the game that I'm trying to play yeah. and that the shadow elements which are the parts we've pushed into the dark the things we've been taught to be afraid of mm -hmm. so 
angels are good, demons are bad. And it's like, no, you should work with your angels and your demons, actually, if you want to be a complete being. All the stuff that you were told in childhood stories or in your religion is bad and scary. I encourage you to go look at it and see if you can explore it. And that's why sexuality is so interesting because it's got so much fucking shadow around it that the deeper I've gone into it and the more I've brought my love and presence into those shadows, the more full of a being that I think I've become. And so, yeah, this, this philosophy is... And it's funny, you know, you can talk this, this kind of joke name that Janine gave me this, this nickname, The Dark Wizard, you know? And it's like, I thought it was funny and cute. So I started throwing it in my bio. Some people really don't like it. Yes. They really just, no, don't be a, be a wizard, but don't be a dark yes. wizard. It's like, but that's yeah. the kind of fun one, you know? Like, um, what do you think I'm going to do? Like, eat babies? Like, it's not what's happening. But to be able to play in... Um, the shadows and the darker energies is there's one side of what, what we're talking about here with consciousness, you know, not, yes. not, not in disconnection from love, which is how, you know, if you watch a movie and you see like Satan stuff going on, they're just kind of shut down psychopaths who were sacrificing children or whatever. But when I'm working with ritual or whatever, there's dark energy activated that we, are integrating that we are stepping into that we are reclaiming fear or shadow or stuff that we have pushed away and pretended isn't part of us and just the last bit i want to say on this you know new age spirituality has really popularized the kind of white light sort of um thinking so if there's something bad i should keep it's out there and i should keep it away from me and you know jungian psychology amongst other things teaches us if you can see it, it's in you. And, you know, I see a lot of this stuff of like persecuting the predator and with the Me Too movement, you know, it's like this, this real uh, hunger to kind of exterminate the predator as an energy. And it's like, actually, that's in all of you. And actually a lot of people who are leading that movement are in their predator, yeah. running it at the people who are labeled exactly. as the predator, which, you know, is totally... Energy, yeah understandable but they're they're unaware that they are now running the hunter has become the hunted and the yeah. and the hunted has become the hunter and yeah. people aren't paying attention to what's playing out there and i think it only ends when normal healthy humans us integrate their predatory aspects which doesn't mean playing out unconsciously like like the people who have been the harvey weinsteins that's not an integrated predator that's fucking disowned dirty yes. predator exactly. but when someone can hold that energy and it's part of them they're not doing things that um aren't integrated into love that but they're able to run that energy and have a healthy energy of that once that happens then we're going to have less of that stuff playing out and i think that's why the dark and that's why the shadow is really um an important part of any form of spiritual work or um psychological integration work because that's where we've stashed the stuff that we want to pretend that we, we aren't. And that's where a lot of us, a lot of our psyche and a lot of our energy is stored is in the dark. Yes, absolutely. And because we, you know, because we haven't been there and that's last week we had Stacey Beasley on and she does amazing work with anger. And yeah. um, 
you know, and as, you know, we were saying last week is, you know, and as you're saying now is even with the predator and all of these things in their purest form and in their raw state are actually really powerful, beautiful, um, you know, um, archetypes or feelings or you know whatever it is and I get a real sense of you know when you were talking about I guess the cycle of where we're at and I think once you hit that there's a level of maturity that comes in and really embracing that that crone archetype Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know that I get I had that sense with everything that you were saying just then is once you realize that you know all this and that is within me and, you know, everything. And so there's so much to gain and learn. And I really feel like I could just talk to you all day. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to um, I want to ask you about for everybody watching is what can people do to further their work with you? So how, mm. what do you have coming up? Um, sure. And then people can, you know, begin to, if they feel to, um, yeah, check that out. So easy. Yeah. So um, the, the easy gateway, if you're somewhere else in the world and you're not wanting to spend a shitload of money, I, do, I don't do a lot of one-on-one. Um, the easy first gateway access points in my books. Um, and so Clear Your Shit is the book that will teach you about the emotional clearing system stuff. The Conscious Hustle is the spiritual business book. Um, the integrated man is more masculine archetype stuff. Uh, Secrets of a Sex Wizard is the ejaculation one. That's 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 the book. And I became is the poetry book. So if you just want a little nibble, go find the books. Um, follow me online on Facebook. Um, Dane Thomas, the what is it? Oh, Dane Thomas is here. Is who I am on Facebook, or just Dane Thomas on my personal, or Dane Thomas live on Instagram. From there. Um, we there's a free video training course called clear your shit at clearyourshit.com which teaches this the self-clearing method and then we run spiral practitioner trainings twice a year so we do byron bay in australia in february we're about to do los angeles um in july so that's how to come and learn the work um i have a more epic boutique aka expensive journey in Bali coming up in September, which is called the wealth spiral. Um, and I'm doing these cheap and free ritual things all over the place. Um, the next one is at return to Eden festival next week in New Zealand. So that's a really easy play. If you just want to get in my field and feel what it's like, what I'm like, you know, or what I'm transmitting, um, that's a really good place to start. So I'm looking to do more of those if people have festivals or events or panels or things that could have something like a one hour ritual slot, which can be, can be, it's basically tailors to the occasion. So we're not, it's not all crazy. Sometimes it's crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I'm bookable for that too. So that's, that's really a place what I'm looking to expand is um, doing these live transmissions at events and, and festivals and that kind of stuff. That's to give you, you know, and I do a little tiny bit of one-on-one work, but it's really expensive and I only do it with people that I feel like they're a pivotal change creator that it's yeah. worth for both of us to, to spend time and energy and money. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I do. I haven't ran um, for the past two years. 
Um, I run the hedonistic business jams. I haven't ran one this year yet, um, but I'll have to touch base with you um, mm. for next week in Melbourne. And um, I'd love to jam with you. It would be great. so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Dane, I want to thank you so much for today. Um, but more than today, I want to thank you for um, having the courage to do everything that you do and listening to mm. the whispers and going against the status quo and dissolving <laughs> all of these things that have been leaving us feeling really stuck and, mm. um, you know, disproportionate and to not all encompassing of all of who we are and, um, you know, keeping our life. We talk about our separation in this industry and, um, you know, but I do honestly believe it's because it's how we've been conditioned to have everything belongs in this corner and this corner and this piece and this piece, but forgetting that we are just energy and you do the work so beautifully and your integrity runs so deep. And I just really want to honour you, not from a guru status, but just because it gives us hope. And um, mm. it's beautiful to see because I really, I'm getting emotional. I knew I was going to cry today. Uh, <laughs> is It gives us hope that we can all be who we are. And yeah. without having to hide or pretend or do all of these things that have become fucking normal and they shouldn't be. And Mm. um, so you're just leading this revolution that is fucking incredible. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for that work. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate what you just said. Mm. Thank you. And to everybody watching, and you guys today have been absolutely amazing. And um, thank you for every single um, comment and the patience with the work, us. We did it. We worked out the sound. Um, totally. So, yeah. So thank you to everybody watching. And the show is going to go into a three-week break, but we will be back next month and with epic guests But um, thank you so much, Dane, for today. I really appreciate it. And I'm really looking forward to connecting with you Mm. more and more and in human and, yeah, in human, in person. (laughs) I'll take human. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you all soon. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this epic conversation. I'm Renee Main and I am over and out for now. However, we can continue this conversation on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash hedonistic queen or jump onto the website reneemain.com.au and you can explore what your own hedonistic way might look like.